So it sucked, man. And, and like I said last time on the Rico, these Brave games are huge because the standings are very, very tight. And so when I'm looking up at the scoreboard and I see that the Braves are up 5-1 to one and they're up 6-1 to one and the Pirates are just a bunch of lifeless losers, you know, hey, if we don't win this game, we're losing a game in the standings. And here we are. What bothers me the most as a Met fan is not losing two games to the New York Yankees. It's the fact that they've lost two games in the standings to the Atlanta Braves. Because here we are, here we are, 79-46. and 46. An incredible record. 79-46, and 46. this is fantastic. They're about to enter, for the most part, a very soft part of their schedule. And yet those bastards never lose. I did some math about the Atlanta Braves. And as I was adding this up, I got a headache. Because I said, no, nah, this can't be real. Chris Christie called us up on the show today and said, Evan, the Braves don't win every single day. If they did, they'd be in first place. And I was like, I don't know if he's literally just trying to be very literal with me that they don't win every single day. But, Governor, they win every single freaking day. And I know he doesn't listen to the Rico but if someone sees him, they can repeat this stat to him. In the last 50 games they've played against teams not named the New York Mets. Let's take the Met games out. The head-to-head battles. The good and the bad. Mostly good. The Mets won 4-5 to five against them. The Braves won 3 out of 4. And the Mets also had the 2 out of 3 series win. In the last 50 games the Braves have played against teams not named the Mets, they are 41-9. and nine. I couldn't believe that. I had to read that again. And by read that again, I mean count it up again because I was the one counting it up. Because I know. I look at the scoreboard every day. Those bastards never lose. So I'm adding it up again. Oh my God, this win, 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 win. Oh, loss, oh great. Win, 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 loss. Win, 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 win. 41 and nine in their last 50 games against teams not named the New York Mets. You would say, well, Evan, that's not sustainable. Don't worry about it. They're going to lose some games. And I would say to you, when is that going to happen? Because since really June 1st, the Atlanta Braves never, ever lose. They don't lose. They only lose if the Mets happen to play them and beat them. Not this past series, but before that. Like, they win the last two against the Pirates, two out of three against the Astros. They won all four games against the Marlins. They won two games against the Red Sox. They won a split against the Phillies, all three against the Diamondbacks, two or three against the Phillies, two or three against the Angels. That's just since the All-Star break. Am I complaining? I guess it sounds that way. I'm marveling at their brilliance. Now, marveling at the fact that we got to deal with this, that if this was a normal universe, we would be frustrated by losing two two games to the Yankees, but say, ah, we're still nine games up. It's all good. We're two games up. Now, the good news is, as we have touched on, the Mets, after a much-needed off day on Thursday, or Wednesday, I should say, enter a stretch of games outside of the Dodgers series where they are playing a lot of bad teams. And now it is on the backs of this Met team to just slaughter these bad teams because they're going to have to. Because I am so sick and tired of saying, well, don't worry. Eventually, the Braves will start to lose games. Will they? 
Because after they play the Cardinals this weekend, and I know that's a tough series, three games against the Cardinals, they play the Rockies, the Marlins, and the A's. That's who they play for the next eight games. Are they losing any of those games? (coughs) No. So we've got a little over a month. The Dodgers series is going to be a toughie where the Mets are going to play a lot of bad teams. And that's great to say, and that's true, and it's on the schedule. But Hoff, they got to kill these bad teams. They got to win all of these games because the margin for error in the NL East has disappeared. Listen, let me just take just rewind it for, for a second here, okay? Because I know that it was upsetting that the Mets lost these two games to the Yankees. But... You know, I know that the Yankees were in a very bad situation, and they needed these games more than anything else. They Yankee fans were about to feel like a collapse was going to happen, and they still had an eight-game lead, and they were nervous as all hell. So this was very important. Not saying that the Mets didn't take it serious. I never say well, it was a throwaway game, not anything like that at all. But I just don't think these games were as big as some other ones that are that have happened in the past. Like the, the Phillies game was bigger than the, this series. I feel like I, I, I'm not sure why. Why? I, why? I don't. I don't. I don't know. agree with you. I don't. All know. these games matter. They're they, two games up in the freaking division. They do, but it's it, listen. But here's the thing, Ev. If if it mattered, if it mattered, why wasn't the Grom starting today? Yeah, uh, on a game two. They didn't lose this game because Jacob DeGrom didn't start. They lost this game because in two games against the Yankees, they scored four runs. In two games against the Yankees, they were two for 14 with runners in scoring position. They didn't hit. Now, yeah, in theory, Jacob DeGrom could have thrown a shutout and the Mets could have won 2-0. Sure, Jake would have pitched six brilliant innings and then they would have needed nine outs from their bullpen. But they didn't hit. As far as why DeGrom didn't pitch, look, the games against the Rockies are also big. I'm not acting as if this game matters more than that. All of these games matter. Like, the Mets are in a pennant race where every game they play equal in significance because they have no margin for error. So, DeGrom pitching on Thursday versus DeGrom pitching on Tuesday, I'm not getting nuts about because I am willing to take a step back, realizing as much as I don't want to lose to the Yankees, Yankees, Rockies, Dodgers, Nationals, they all count the same. Like, I admit that. They all, if the Mets lose Thursday night to the Rockies, let's just say DeGrom's on the mat, I am going to be furious. I'm not, doesn't mean I'm going to panic. Doesn't mean I'm going to throw things. But that loss may bother me more than the loss on Tuesday or Monday. Like, all of these games matter because they're in a pennant race. That's why I don't want to hear, well, this series mattered more to the Yankees. That's a bunch of crap. The Yankees are eight games up in the American League East. As, as depressed as their fans may have been, I don't give a rat's ass about their fans. I really don't. I don't care. When we're on the fan, we're doing a show, we're talking to Yankee fans, fine. We'll talk to them about how they feel. This is Rico effing Bronya. I don't give a shit about how Yankee fans feel and how much they were panicking about their losing streak. I don't care. I care about us. How do you really feel? I love That's it. how I feel. I love it. That's listen, how I feel. Evan, listen, I, I love it. I appreciate it. And I don't disagree. Every game does count. I, I've always, in the past few years, when people say, oh, this is a throwaway game, I always feel it's a cop-out because you can't throw away games, especially when you're a Mets, because in past, you really need those quote-unquote throwaway games because 
they end up biting you in the ass. So I don't disagree. But on the other hand, I will say this. I'm not too worried about this weekend, these past two games. It was what it was. It wasn't ideal. The bullpen is always going to be an issue, and you just got to move forward. And you have to figure out, listen, here's the thing. is The good thing is we're getting closer to McGill coming back. You're getting close. Listen, I, I know it's stu- I, I know it's stupid to say, but that's what we have to look forward to. We're getting closer to maybe Joey Lucchese being a left-handed bullpen oh, arm. I, but that's what we have to look. This is what we're relying on. That's what we're relying on. Not, not Joey Rodriguez. I, I am. I don't want to say I'm excited. I am looking forward to the possibility that Tyler McGill or Joey, uh, excuse me, Lucchese can help this bullpen. I'm not against it. I just can't rely on it. That's all I'm saying. I'm not against the idea of those guys coming back. I just can't rely on it. One thing I do want to touch on, though, Max Scherzer was pissed off at James McCann. And he tried to to clean it up. But here's the quote. Tim Healy had this from Newsday in which Scherzer showed emotion after the judge deep fly out. Not the home run, but the ball that we all thought was out. Scherzer says, quote, I thought we were going with a fastball. I thought we were trying to stay down there, Scherzer said. I'm in my leg kick, and all of a sudden, I see McCann pop up way high. We talked about it. I understand what he was thinking. We kind of talked about that. I just wasn't ready for it. It's not something we'll try, or I should say, it is something we'll try to adjust for so we're not in that situation again. Um, Here here are the facts, because I want to present the facts to you. Max Scherzer has made 23 starts with the New York Mets. Uh, I'm sorry, not 23. Uh, 18 starts with the New York Mets. One start with Patrick Mazika catching, four starts with James McCann catching, and 13 starts with Tomas Nito catching. In the Mazika game, he pitched five and two-thirds innings, one run, who cares? He's not on the team anymore, it doesn't matter. In the four starts that James McCann has caught Max Scherzer, Here are the four starts, in case you forgot. The game against the Yankees that he just caught, in which James McCann is jumping up and confusing Max Scherzer. Six and two-thirds innings, four runs. A loss. The other start was on August 17th against the Braves, that recent game. Six and a third innings, four runs. Hmm. July 5th, very good. Six innings, no runs. That was against the Reds. He got no decision. And the game in Philadelphia earlier this year when he gave up 10 hits in six innings and allowed three runs. Are you noticing a pattern here? Max Scherzer's performances when James McCann has caught him has not been good. It's only four starts, but three of the four starts were mediocre at best. When Tomas Nido has caught Max Scherzer, he has an ERA in 13 starts of 1.91. I don't usually make a big deal about a catcher's ERA. But when Max Scherzer brings up himself, the confusion that took place between him and James McCann, I think it makes things very obvious for us and for Buck Showalter, and that's Tomas Nito is the catcher for this team. He just is. Uh, James McCann has a nice arm behind the plate, and James McCann had a really good at-bat in the opener of this series that I thought could have been in the impetus of turning their offense around. A 12-pitch at-bat and then the base set off Domingo Herman's leg. But James McCann has not done enough to be the everyday catcher. Tomas Nito, while a 215 hitter, does lead the world in sacrifice bunts, including two of them in Game 2 of this series, but he also calls a better game. 
and has a better connection with just about everybody on the staff, that has to matter. So when Max Scherzer says, me and James talked, we won't let this happen again. Yeah, because he shouldn't catch you. So you shouldn't have to worry about it ever again. Tomas Nito should be the most of the time catcher for this baseball team. There's no everyday catcher in baseball because guys aren't going to play seven days a week. And I understand that. But the Mets are about to play four games against the Rockies. I'll make this very easy for everybody. Tomas Nito starts three of those four games. That's it. They play three games against the Dodgers, one of which is a four o'clock start. Tomas Nito should start every one of those games. Every one of them. They play three games against the Nationals. He should start two of three of those games. He should be the majority catcher for this baseball team. I am not the president of the Tomas Nito fan club. I get what he is as an offensive player. He's a 222 hitter with zero home runs and an OPS of like 570. He's nothing offensively. But he'll run into a big hit a hell of a lot more than James McCann, that's for sure. He knows how to lay down a sacrifice bunt. And you never hear about miscommunication between James McCann and the pitching staff. So let's get that out of the way. That ain't much of a debate. Tomas Nito's the everyday catcher.